You know that meme where there's a picture of a sort of futuristic utopia with flying cars, green grass, and cool-looking future buildings with text that implies this is what the world would look like if something different had happened in history? I think that's what would have happened if John Mellencamp, or John Cougar as he was known in 1982, had been allowed to release the song he had recorded about an interracial couple. Quote, when I turned the song into the record company, they went, whoa, can't you make them something other than that? I said, well, I don't really want to change it. I mean, that's the whole point. This is really a song about race relationships and a white girl being with a black guy. And that's what the song's about. And they said, no, 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 said Mellencamp. As it happens, Mr. Cougar was used to being at odds with his record label and his manager. It was his manager's decision to name him Johnny Cougar, which the singer-songwriter pushed over the years to John Cougar, then John Cougar Mellencamp, and eventually just John Mellencamp. The record label wanted Mellencamp to be just another profitable pop singer, but this was at odds with Mellencamp's identity. Quote, The image that was given to me by the record company was so far off base of who I was and what I wanted to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do. I did not want to be Johnny Cougar. I did not want to sing love songs. I did not want to be the next Neil Diamond, which is what they wanted, said Mellencamp. So the refusal of Johnny C's interracial love song may have doomed the world to a less bright future, but it gave our all-American boy the chance to truly put himself in his work and subvert his record label's plans. So in 1982, the second single off his fifth studio album, American Fool, became a testament to John Mountain Lion's small-town roots and the cruelty of the passage of time. The single spent four weeks atop the Billboard chart, was chosen by the record... Ugh, was chosen by the Recording Industry Association of America to be included on their Songs of the Century list and established old JCM as a heartland rock and roller, or as a friend put it to him, as a pair of blue jeans. Quote, I had to figure out what my image was, and I had a girl say to me, John, just be a pair of blue jeans. That's what you are. The great thing about blue jeans is you can dress them up or you can dress them down said Mellencamp. That anthropomorphized pair of blue jeans went on from this song to release many more singles and studio albums, compose film scores, win awards ranging from Lifetime Achievement Awards to a Grammy to an induction in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2008. It wouldn't be unfair to say that all his success was built on the back of this one, Little Diddy. That's right, we're talking Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp on Lover Me. Second on Chili Dog, outside taste freeze. Diane sitting on Jackie's lap, got his hands between the knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind the shade of trees. That's right, it's Lover Me, the only podcast that compares famous love songs to their many cover versions to find out which one's in the backseat of Jackie's car. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my football star co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex right. Mildenberger, bringing the who, the hoorah. Doing the hoorah. We did just have a big football game. Yes. Uh, a Super Bowl. Uh, yes, a Super Bowl did occur yep. um, for the listener like two weeks ago at this point. Possibly oh, yeah, it's three. A couple, couple weeks now. We uh, love listeners to know exactly when we're recording. I love, I love giving them that peek. Yeah, the old time stamp. Alex, did you watch the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> of course not. Uh, me neither. Um, I heard Taylor Swift won, so good for her. Yep, Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. Congratulations. Congratulations. To the Swift family. To my president, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Our president. <laughs> Our president. Uh, Alex, how you been? How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, been Norwich. Uh, well, I mean, I had Valentine's Day. It's kind of my first, like, real Valentine's Day, so it was pretty exciting. Yeah, the first one where you actually went and massacred a bunch of people. Yeah. I got something to say. Valentine's Day. Day. Forgot to listen to that song. Forgot to listen to that. The David Bowie song, Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, Valentine's Day. 
Um, fantastic. Obviously, yeah. you had a Valentine's Day. You loved it. Yeah. How um, you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm out here. I'm living life, living, laughing, loving. It's sun is shining in Vancouver. I heard there might be cinnamon buns in your future. That's I did tell you that. You heard that from me, yeah. and I can confirm still. <laughs> that I'm there just. Are cinnamon I'm just in my future. I'm giving everyone. Everyone's got to got to peek behind the curtain. We got to give Listen, them details the in our lives. We need know. to overshare as much as possible. Exactly. What are we eating? What 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 uh, what are we watching these days? Who are we Valentine? It's you know it's all there. Who our president is? We've <laughs> given them all the details. <laughs> they know everything about our president. Alex, more importantly, though, what do you think about Bargain Bin Bruce Springsteen? Bargain Bin camp? Bruce Springsteen. I feel like, I mean, this is, you know, to be fair, this is not Rick Springfield. That's true. It's Johnny who, who Cougar. Who wrote a song about how he's not Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's, not, he's, no, he's no Springsteen, but he's got some solid songs, I think. You know, maybe a little less meaningful to me, but we're still getting, like... You know, hurt so good and pink houses so good. and yeah, pink small houses. Th- like I'll sing along to those. They're not like I don't think they're amazing, but I, I think they're solid. R O C K in the USA. That's a fun oh, one. That's a classic. Um, yeah, he does have some hits for sure. Yeah, he definitely stays in his lane of like Heartland rocker. Whereas I think Bruce Springsteen's got a little more range in what he produces. Definitely, especially if you're looking at some of his like the stuff he played at like New Orleans Jazz Festival and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's very Americana. Yeah. Although, yeah, which, although, I mean, mm. last time, I believe the last time we talked about John Mellencamp was mm. when he covered The Man Who Sold the World. That's right. And that was like I one of his early that. songs uh, that he hadn't really established his thing yet. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit different and a little weird, especially for what we would expect from him after all those songs I listed. Yeah. Which is big fat chords and... and talking about american things yeah which happens in this song yeah that's that's the backbone of this song um is this alex is this the best john cougar mellencamp song what what name do you call him by also i go for I john usually, cougar mellencamp i usually say just john mellencamp mm, never say johnny thoughtful. cougar no um but Cougs. i'll do both but like i feel like i might just say mellencamp i feel like that's enough to know who you're talking yeah. about that's how you know. That's the, it makes you sound like you're in the biz. You're like, well, you know, when Mellencamp was making these songs, <laughs> it's like it's like you're in the scene. Yes, you know that they don't need to know it's John Mellencamp as opposed to which other Mellencamp. So, some other Mellencamp. It's one of many Mellencamps. John Mellencamp of the Heartland Mellencamps. Yeah, the Heartland Mellencamps. Yeah, that's who he is. And uh, yeah, he's got some got some decent songs. He's got some decent songs. Uh, Jack and Diane is one of them. It's apparently like his biggest, most popular. Hurts So Good is, I think, what I know him for, though. Yeah. I guess in ROCK in the USA. This one. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, Pink Houses is big, too, I think. I think. Yes, it but is. it's also weird because it's, I mean, he says Pink Houses in it, but that's the like, ain't that America? Like, that's really yeah, the big hook in it. So it's kind of. We could have done that for Unmarketable Mayhem. Unmarketable Mayhem, yeah. Hey, we still might. Maybe it's coming back. Who knows? Who knows? People that were crazy about it last year, frothing at the mouth for it, might might happen again. But the mayhem. Yeah, but that was definitely one where I was like, oh yeah, ain't that America? And then it's like, no, it's that little line you miss where it's, little pink house is feeling me. me. Yeah. But yeah. that's Mellencamp. I mean, my history with Mellencamp is not extensive. It's pretty much just, yeah, I've heard some of his songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. Never really pursued that's- Mellencamp, other than I remember talking to my parents and being like, wait, who's Johnny Cougar? Like... 
Right. And they were like, ah, he changed his name. And it was not that big a deal. Not that big a deal. Yeah, him and P. Diddy, two two big name changers in the two music scene. Two big name changers, yeah. Um, yeah, I got his best of album, by which I mean my parents had his best of album called The Best That I Could Do. <laughs> and I was like, there's like a handful of tracks off that that I like, and then the rest are just like a little too yeehaw for me, so... True, it definitely has that, like, I mean, we call it Heartland Rock, it definitely has that, like, country aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So... That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Like, listen, if you want to know what John Mellencamp's about and what you're going to get from him, I don't think there's a better song to to bring you into that than Jack and Diane. No. No, that's uh, it. And it's probably yeah. one you've already heard. It's probably one you've already heard, but hey, let's talk about the, the lyrics here, which uh, are yeah, pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy to get the idea of this song. It's true. It's very much like he's, he's straightforwardly telling the story. Yeah. And what is that story? Well, Alex, it's a little ditty about Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jackie going to be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I do like how it kind of introduces itself. <laughs> like, this is what this is going to be. It's the song. A small one. Like, it's sort of like saying, this isn't a big deal, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just a small story about two people. It's, right yeah, off the it's, bat. Right off the bat, yeah, the heartland is not known as some, like, you know, like, hot spot in America. It's just simply, like, where people are, like, small-town people. So, yeah, Little Diddy. Diddy itself means a little simple song. So, even amongst Diddy's, this Diddy is little. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, yeah, it's two people, Jack and Diane. Pretty pretty straightforward names. Uh, They're growing up in the heartland. Jackie was going to be black, but is instead now a football star. I know. I like how that's the trade-off. They're like, we were going to make him black, but instead we made him a football player. And it's like, oh, yes. Those two mutually exclusive things. Yeah, it's one or the other, right? (laughs) We're all one or the other. Yeah, there's the the two genders. Black (laughs) or football star. And Do you think his song would have healed America, though, if it was about interracial couples? Yeah, we would be living in the in the sci-fi future, like you said. Yeah. Do you think like we would be we would have paid five hundred dollars to go to a John Mellencamp concert instead of a Bruce Springsteen concert? Brother, we would have paid twice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he'd be our president right now. <laughs> Although it's also interesting. I mean, we'll get into this more later, but like mm-hmm. the way he talks about recording the song, like he that was yes, his his original um th- um lyric the original lyrics, the original like story of the song. Um yeah. but in musically it also changed quite a bit too and then there was some production work from Mick Ronson, which I thought was pretty Yeah, cool. of all people. But we'll talk about that more later. We'll talk about that more later. But yeah, it is interesting to see how this song like struggled at every step of the journey. Yeah. Like, I wrote a song. The record label's like, no, you fucking didn't. He's like, <laughs> okay, guys, the song goes like this. They're like, we can't figure that out. He's like, okay, uh, fuck, here we go. Let's <laughs> try like, this instead. Can we get a new producer? Uh... Yeah, just, just a struggle from start to finish, but one of the few struggles that is maybe ultimately worth it because you got jack and diane out of it yeah um we also get the horniness starting to come in right in verse one uh diane's debutante backseat of jackie's car does that debutantes I yeah think that's sorry. horniness because like so a debutante is you like debut this is real southern shit you debut a woman when she's becoming a woman right right 
So you have like a debutante ball or whatever, and yeah, like, look, and she's to, now a woman. Well, yeah, and is officially on, on for, the market. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the fucking meat market. You're like, here she is. Yeah, we'll start the bidding at. And so she's she's debuting in the backseat of Jackie's car. Is how I read it. Ah, so they're they're fucking. I mean, it, it's it's got some similarities to Night Moves, although it's a little not as focused in that way. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. In that the song Night Moves is mostly about. Just like young teenagers in a relationship, in love, uh, yeah. like having sex. And both have the, uh, the like, damn time flies by kind of uh, theme. In oh, them. they do. Um, I was going to say, do you think, I saw a couple of people online accuse John Mellencamp of stealing this song from Sweet. Wh- which song? Yeah, that would be my question. <laughs> the, the 16s? That oh, life part of the goes on. You know it ain't easy. You just gotta stay strong when you're part of the sixteens. I guess that yeah, because there's a whole story in that, right? Yeah, but it's not this story, and I think they're really just clinging to the phrase "life goes on," which is not. Oh yeah, life goes on, and I don't think anybody. Goes on. Can That's such it. a like basic line, though. Like Susie and yeah. Davy, Jack and Diane. No, this is such a, like, general story. Like, the story is not new, mm-hmm. you know, to either of these songs. Yeah. It's a... Uh, and, like, no one sucks on a chili dog in the 16s, so I feel like... Uh, yeah. And John's got one up on him. I mean, my God, the lines in this song. Sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. <laughs> Diane's sitting on Jackie's lap. He's got his hand between her knees. Jackie says, hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks slacks and do what I please. So he's like, hey, let's go fuck in a park, basically? Like, Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying here. So Bobby Brooks slacks were like a popular uh, pair of pants in that time phrase for women. Dribble off is, I don't know. I don't know how I like that for describing <laughs> taking off your pants. Uh, yeah, interesting. Um dribble off like but yeah i mean i can i can work out what it means uh yeah. verse two a lot of fun though i mean it has the second on a chili dog outside the tasty freeze line which is great yes. um and also if there's like a have you seen that it's like a video where it's just that line over and over again i have heard of it i didn't i don't think i've actually seen it but yeah it just loops that line and it's like ridiculous but it's funny there, the love videos like that. There's one for, uh, I think it's Foo, Foo Fighters, The Best of You, where it's just him saying the best. <laughs> like it does the first verse to like the chorus, and then after he starts saying the best, it just keeps doing that for the rest of the just song. Keeps doing that. That song was stuck in my head the other day, weirdly enough. Um, mm. Don't know why I didn't listen to it. But I remember you referencing that video, and I've never seen it. Okay. But you used to say the best on repeat a the lot. The best, the best, the best. Yeah, it's great um, <laughs> in that genre of videos. I've also seen somebody do it with Somebody, by, or what is it, All Star by uh, Smash Mouth, right. where he just says Somebody for the whole song, <laughs> and it's like auto-tuned to like... Oh, to the actual right tune? Moment. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody. Yeah. It's... Anyway, so that this is a prime candidate for that. So Tasty Freeze is kind of like a Dairy Queen, is what Genius tells us. It's like a regional ice cream chain. Okay. The, where they, uh, they do hot eats and cool treats? Yeah, that would be the vibe I would get from there, uh, as they do both. <laughs> they do tasties and they do freeze there. 
Tasty. Um, are they both sucking on chili dogs? Is this a lady in the tramp situation? Yeah, there's one only one chili on- dog, right? They're sucking on yeah. a chili dog. So yeah, they're working their way to the middle, which I think might actually happen in like a a cartoon, but now I'm blanking on which is like two people um, trying to eat a chili dog and working their way to the middle. Could be a cartoon, it could be like a WarioWare micro game. Uh Ooh, hard yeah. to say for sure. Could be both. <laughs> it could be both. Um <laughs> Uh, and yeah, just horniness. Like the rest of verse two is just horniness. Diane's sitting on Jackie's lap. He's got his hands between her knees, and then he's like, "Let's let's go knock one out." Presumably, like the story so far is they fucked in the back of his car, went to to refuel themselves with a chili dog from Tasty Freeze. And they're like, "Hey, let's go again." Go fuck again, yeah. And then that leads us to the chorus. Say, uh, oh yeah, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh yeah, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone, they walk on. Yeah, so, okay, I'm, like, this is just, I'm jumping back briefly. The 16s, that's mm-hmm. a chin and chap. Yes. Uh, just wanted to mention that, because we, we talked, they also wrote Mickey kitty slash Kitty from a couple weeks ago, just for a little reference there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so the chorus, man, this is one of those choruses that it's, like, very sad. Yeah, dude. Um where because the rest of the song is maybe a little bittersweet because there's a lot of like that nostalgia baked into it but once you get to this it's like very explicit it's like yeah it's not always going to be like this things are going to change so long after the thrill of living is gone is like something you would find in a suicide note and it's like yeah it's it's dark man it's heavy um so that's that (laughs) Um, but yeah. yeah, life keeps going. It doesn't matter if you don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah, and it can seem a little like disjointed from the verses we've heard so far. It's like, hang on, what does two people eating food and fucking a ton have to do with life going on? And then it it kind of weaves in more and more as you get through here. Yeah, and it also, I mean, to tie it into Springsteen again, it's similar to like your glory days right yeah where but glory days is looking at a person who might say that and saying like they they lost it along the way yeah whereas this is like sometimes you're sad yeah and uh like john mellencamp is maybe like not judging those people who who you know only have their glory days he has a quote here let's see if i can find it Or he says, most people don't ever reach their goals, but that's cool too. Failure is a part of what you're all about anyway. Coming to terms with failed expectations is what counts. I try to write about the most, the rest of that doesn't matter. But that's, so he is a bit talking about like how, like not only does life pass you by, but you're also not going to get everything you want. Yeah, you won't get everything you wanted, but you will never be defeated. That's right. There's another song lyric I can quote. (laughs) Good song lyric, Alex. Thank you. And that that lyricist, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. <laughs> um, but not this song. This song no. says other things. This song says, "Let's focus back on Jack and Diane." And Jackie yeah. sits back, collects his thoughts for a moment. This is called post nut clarity. Yeah. Uh, scratches his head and does his best, James Dean. Well, then there, Diane. We ought to run off to the city. Diane says, "Baby, you ain't missing a thing." Another, like, common theme, I I guess maybe generally in Heartland Rock and maybe um, inspired or inherited from Springsteen, 
is the idea of like getting out of these small towns because these small yeah. towns are kind of dead ends, right? That's right, which I think Springsteen inherited from the animals. We got to get out of this place. <laughs> yeah, I guess he didn't really come up with it. Um, but I'm just thinking of like Born to Run as like the yeah, absolutely the shining star example. But it's not, yeah, certainly the first uh, first person to say it. And it was probably, you know, in literature before then, for sure. Yeah, getting out of small towns to go to the city is a big thing. But there's also this idea here, which relates to the chorus of this life goes on. and. Ultimately, what he's trying to say, when especially when he hits the bridge, is like, hang on to the present. Like, don't don't be worrying about running off to the city. That's why Diane says, baby, you ain't missing the thing. Like, we're going to have our whole adulthood to be in the fucking city, and it's going to blow ass. Yeah. Right now, let's just hang out here and... Live our lives. Live be our in lives. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, he imitates James Dean. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily know what that sounds like. A, a car accident. A car accident, yeah. But, yeah. James yeah, Dean. I, like, obviously, so that line is supposed to tell us how what his next line's meant to sound like. Because it's not the scratching his head that is, like, a James Dean impression, unless James <laughs> Dean is a chimp at the zoo, and he's like, hey. It says, like, well, James then there, Diane. I'm like, I don't, I'm sure there's an accent. I'm sure there's a voice, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know enough James Dean uh, films. And speeches, famous speeches, <laughs> uh, to to put that together. But yeah, he says, "Well, there we ought to run off to the city." And so she's like, "I mean, I guess James Dean, an adult? Question mark? An adult? What? Yeah, yeah. Because then, like, he's also not only is he, you know, making this call to go to the city, he's also pretending to be an adult in this. True. Movie. Although a person who also died young, because he died at twenty four. Um, right. I guess the other thing is it's got that nostalgia, right? Because this is the 80s and he died in the 50s. So he's a big 50s That's right. icon. He's a nostalgic icon. Yeah. Um, and he's cool. That's why people would imitate him. Somebody yeah, someone who died going too fast. Yes. Uh, also. So I don't know if that means anything, but... Hey, that might maybe. be... Yeah, because he's like, we should be fast, like James Dean. Yeah, or at least generally like the idea of being this rebel, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, just chill, bro. Yeah, she's like, take it easy, dog. We're we're just here sitting by the fuck tree. Like <laughs> what else do we need? The newly christened fuck tree. Hell yeah. It's shady. Shady. It's uh it's close to the tasty freeze. <laughs> it's close to the tasty freeze. <laughs> what more could you want? Close to the tasty freeze, shade. Yeah. Just those two things. It's beautiful. So here's where things get a little confusing for me is the second chorus. Yeah. Where Jackie say, uh, oh, yeah, life goes on like after the thrill of living is gone. Yeah, I agree. Because he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sad. Like, or like, I will be sad. Yeah, he's saying it like it's a quote he heard somewhere or he like, he's like, okay, yeah, there is, I guess, plenty of time. Because life gets boring eventually. <laughs> so let's be thrilled for now let's still have fun yeah. i guess yeah let's be th- be thrilled in the present thrilled in the present i guess it feels a little clumsy to me of all the things in this but yeah, yeah. especially whenever i hear it i hear jackie and i'm like yes a woman's name <laughs> like yeah but no no that's diane so yeah you know. let's well, could be about two lesbians maybe that's how he twisted it could be you could be a lesbian football i do star like how the lyrics sometimes spell jackie with a y and sometimes with an ie yeah, I wonder if that is in the like actual liner notes or if that's just genius fucking 
doing whatever they like. Be interesting. Yeah. What is interesting is this bridge where he says, so let it rock, let it roll, let the Bible Belt come and save my soul. Holding on to 16 as long as you can. Change is coming around real soon. Make us women and men. Yeah, supposedly this came from Mick Ronson. At least the uh, the instrumentation of it did. Okay, yeah. I thought he also maybe uh, donated some lyrics, or at least the idea of it. I'm not sure. No, I'm pretty sure the quote I have, he says, okay. like, uh, Mick Ronson came in here and... Put baby rattles on there. He's, he's like, yeah, he said, put baby rattles on there. Uh, 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 hang on, I got quotes from... I got quotes, they're multiplying here, man. I'm short of it. Because I don't think okay. he's Okay, so he didn't, like, write the lines, but he kind of... It says he sang the let it rock, let it roll part as a choirish type thing, which never occurred to me. Yeah, so he is responsible for, like, the musical so he structure. very much it. arranged that part. Yes. It's yeah, Mick like, Ronson. Like Mick Ronson knows what the Bible built is. Yeah, I know, right? It does. <laughs> Mick Ronson. Of do we say if, we talk? I mean, we mentioned Mick Ronson. Mick Ronson uh, of the Spiders from Mars. From Mars, yeah, one of the uh, one prominent of the big, collaborator with David Bowie in the early seventies. Yeah, buddy, uh, incredible guitarist. We've talked about his guitar work, especially on Moon Age Daydream. Yep, the song, not the film, uh, which we've also talked about. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's an incredible musician. Uh, but yeah, let it rock, let it roll, Alex. What's what's he talking about here? Let it rock, let it roll. I mean, it's rock and roll, baby. Hey. Also, rock and roll, uh, as I like, is one of the music genres that is also slang for sex. Hey, so there's that. Is the Bible Belt then a literal belt that one of them is hitting the other with? <laughs> <laughs> To save your soul. Yeah, I don't fully understand that line either, right? Like, I guess maybe it's just more references to growing up in this heartland, but this is all part of the Bible Belt, which is a region in the United States kind of known for being very religious, Christian specifically. Mm-hmm. Or is this kind of like a call to like, because he's like saying like, let them come and, and do it, which is almost a challenge, right? Yeah, where it's like, because what they're doing, a lot of the song is about them having sex. Which is, yes. you know, a sin in in the eyes of some of these like Bible thumper types. Yeah, um, probably most, in fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it does it does feel like that where he's like kind of daring them or or something like that. Yeah, it also maybe speaks to because he also says to so let it rock, let it roll, which doesn't seem like a challenge, but more like a. It's like a call to like take it easy. The same thing Diane was saying, like you don't have to rush off to the city. He's like, well, hey, let life happen but hold on to 16 as long as you can. Yes, hold on to 16 as long as you can. And life goes on. Now, see, before I realized, uh, I always knew the song was about fucking, I can't say before I realized, but I was going to make a joke about how you got to hold on to 16 for as long as you can, because once you hit 17, every rock and roll band member wants to fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) As witnessed in songs like My Sharona. My Sharona uh, and probably... She was just 17. And and uh, that one song preamble I saw on a live Springsteen show on YouTube, where he's like, ah, my girlfriend, she's just 17. Like, uh, Springsteen. <laughs> Springsteen, no. But yeah, he's saying, hold on to your youth as long as you can, because the rest of life's going to happen. It's all going to rock and roll. The Bible belt's yeah, going to Yeah, that happens no matter soul. what. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while you can. Changes will come around soon enough. Don't You don't need to hit the gas. You don't need to James Dean your way into the future, folks. <laughs> don't James Dean yourself, definitely. Uh, definitely do not. Yeah. Um. Don't Dean it. 
uh, a little ditty about Jack and Diane, two American kids doing the best they can. Doing the best they can. Isn't that what we're all doing? Isn't that what we're all, all doing? Yeah. That's why his greatest hits album was called The Best That I Could. That uh, makes sense now. All right. All right, you got me, Johnny Cougar. All right, Johnny. But yeah, that's it. This obviously connected with a bunch of people who found themselves in similar situations to Jack and Diane. Yeah, which is a big part of the song is that like it's relatable. Yeah, it's hashtag relatable to the to the American heartland. <laughs> to the American heartland. Yeah. Um, but that's not all because uh, the the music's pretty appealing too. Yes. Um, we of course open with these big ass fucking chords. With some claps right off the bat too. That's kind right. Sparse, but it's kind of two halves, right? Because you got like that big, big wide chords, and then um, it's kind of like this like skipping thing, you know, like a skipping sound. Yeah, like mutes it and then does like a skipping thing. This I was talking to my partner about this, and mm-hmm. uh, she. Definite. She didn't recognize the song title, and as soon as I played it, she's like, "Oh yeah, I know this song." Yeah, uh, I had a similar experience with my partner. Huh. And I was like, "You know this song?" I'm like, yeah. "Everybody else, fucking Jack and so Diane." So Jack and Diane. Let's talk about those hand claps because this is one of the first like hiccups on the way to Jack and Diane. Which is, uh, there's a quote here from him. He says, Jack and Diane was a terrible record to make. When I play it on guitar by myself, it sounds great, but I could never get the band to play along with me. That's why the arrangement's so weird, stopping and starting. It's not very musical, he says. Um, and that's why the hand claps were there, just to keep the timing. And then he, they like tried to take it out, and they're like, oh no, it's like we need the hand claps, because it sounds like shit without it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a click track, basically. Yeah, it's like an organic click track. Yeah, or, or drum... Yeah, whatever you call the, whatever you know, you do a drum yeah, track. Yeah, the beeps, for, the the fucking metronome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So not a huge deal, but also a little more musical because they left it in. Yeah. Um, but there are like there is there are drums there too, right? Yeah, there is. There's some, some very bass kick on there. Yeah, like lots of just kick. Yeah. Say so it's like it's kind of big arena rock energy off the top here. These fat chords, big bassy drums, a bit of hand claps, which would get the audience going, and then this, yeah, you said like this little skipping session, that very tiny guitar going. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, I find now the 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 sound here. I think kind of gives it away. This is an '80s song, right? Um, yeah. But I always think of like Heartland Rock. I'm like, that's definitely 70s, even though that makes no sense, right? Like, there's no hard line. But it's it's 80s technology, and there's some of the bigger sounds that, and more like arena focused sounds that they could make there. Um, in it, especially with some of the drums. We'll get into the drums later. We'll get into the drums. But, uh, yes. Yeah, it's got some of that production in it as well. Yeah, this is like a, it is, because they have a drum machine on this and shit, like it is like a song of the future, but doing Heartland Rock. Yeah. Which is interesting. But yeah, we do this section for a bit, and then we hit, we hit the little ditty. Yeah, we kind of just go, just goes to acoustic guitar, right? And then he sings. Yeah. And the, still with that bass, that kick drum. Doom, doom, doom. Um... Yeah, so this this part's interesting because it's sort of like the guitar and the vocals are like playing, are like doing very, very similar melodies. Yeah. Right? Like they're kind of following each other, but like not exactly. 
yeah, the guitar's kind of weaving in around, but hitting some of the same like, like punctuation notes. Or like it'll be yeah, like longer notes when he does shorter ones. So mm-hmm. pretty pretty cool the way it weaves like that. You know, it's yeah. not exactly the same, but it's not completely different. So that's cool. Yeah, he talks. He says in that quote that the song isn't very musical, but I feel like it does a really good job of one like sounding good like the tone of that guitar is great the way it's working with the vocal melody is great and then the layering in of additional instruments is quite consistent Mm -hmm. and very good throughout the song so once we do his first stanza we get the piano that comes in for the next stanza yes um and yes kind of similar thing it's like following those chords uh but like in a melody and again it's also different from the vocal melody so it's just like another layer of harmony um doing something similar but i think maybe maybe if you're there to see the nuts and bolts like it would feel differently um but uh i do think there's some like start it it, it does feel a bit choppy not this version they've really hidden it but we'll see yeah. later on where it, like you can even of, kind yeah. of feel it where like the first stands ends and it's dun, 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 and then the guitar has to like pick it up i mean there is like a sort of drop and the guitar is like dun, 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 that's kind of your like glue your little patch job to make it sound a little more connected. Yeah, I guess. But also, I feel like sometimes space can really function well, right? Yeah. Like, at the time, song... it might seem like we're not doing anything, like we're just waiting. Mm-hmm. But when you're listening, it it just gives you that like second to breathe kind of thing. Yeah, and a song about like nostalgia, about sort of like wistful remembering. Having that space gives you the time to let the like wait of that that previous stanza hit you and me or like make you imagine your own version of, of you know of being jack and diane like so many listeners did like what made this song popular so having that space i think is actually good for this song and it works for sure yeah for sure um but what happens next we actually get into the chorus i think that's right is the next section What's, what's those hand claps take us there? They're back. Yeah, the hand claps come back. Um, it doesn't change that much, right? No, it's like absurdly smooth, um, which is another reason that quote about Mick Ronson's work creating that bridge section is like so important because that's one of the real breaks where it's like, like the this is things. a new section. Whereas, like, the verse-to-chorus transition, that's especially the past two weeks we've talked about uh, Kitty slash Mickey and Roxanne, which have, like, the biggest, dumbest, like, pre-chorus-to-chorus <laughs> transitions, like, the yeah. most obvious, like, here it is, we're amping up the energy, boom. This one just, like, swiftly moves in there, hand claps are in, and you just kind of, like, are like, oh, we're here now. Yeah, and... uh and it, yeah, the, like the change is very minimal. Now, once we get mm-hmm. to the next one, it'll add a bit more, but uh, we'll get there. Yeah, we get a we get a nice bass that that cooks yeah. in there. But um, so there's another verse. It kind of goes back into the riff for a bit. Um, yeah, goes into another verse. This one adds an organ, mostly just playing yes. harmony, uh, but everything else is kind of similar. Yeah, piano's still there. We got an yeah. organ on top now. Guitar, piano, drums, mm-hmm. and now organ. Um, yeah, and then the chorus adds a bass guitar. Uh, which is, I don't know. I yeah, thought nice. that was interesting. Weird that that happens like halfway through the song. Yeah, seriously. But it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice little do 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 do. You're like, yeah. oh yeah. Like, it just like kind of slides into the mix, and it's like, oh, there wasn't a bass before. Yeah, you're like that's crazy. But like, I guess that bass drum was holding a lot of the like 
that lower end. Guess so. Um, what else happens? I guess the next big thing is the breakdown. Yeah, the the Phil Collins or drum solo, whatever you yeah. want to call it. And that's kind of that big, like reverby, um, drum. And we talked about like putting that sort of reverb on on drum sounds. Um, did we talk about that? I feel like I've heard it talked about. I'm trying to remember if we talked about it on the show. In some of the thing, like we talked about, like some Kate Bush uh, would be yeah. an example of it, and uh, like Peter Gabriel and stuff. And I think maybe some late seventies Bowie as well um, that would have that sort of reverby drum. Um, mm-hmm, for sure. Get it here. <laughs> Uh, and this is done by drummer Kenny Aronoff, who has who was like drumming for his fucking life here. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, it was all on the line for him. I have a quote from him about the experience. I gotta, I should have organized my quotes better this week, but I did not. The quote goes like this: So he had to come in. He had he did this in an interview with Stompface. He says, "I walk into the studio, and the co-producer has a Lin LM1 drum machine." I'd never seen a drum machine before. I'm being told that they're using this on the song Jack and Diane that we were, have tr- that we were having trouble coming up with an arrangement for. I'm devastated that I'm going to be replaced by a drum machine. I grab the drum machine, I get the manual, and I program the drum part. I'm in the lounge, really bummed out and wondering, what's the future of the drummer? This is 1981. I'm wondering, will the machine replace us? Um, something we're still worried about today, Aronoff. Two hours later, I'm summoned into the control room where John tells me, I need you to come up with a drum solo or something after the second chorus. At that moment, I was absolutely terrified and excited. Excited because I'm now going to be playing on the record. Terrified because I knew that I had to save the song in order to save my career. (laughs) Because if I didn't come up with it, they'd replace me. Two people had already been fired in the band, and when I joined two years prior, I was fired from playing on the record. So this was a scary moment for me. Yeah, damn. I mean, I I've kind of, it seems obvious now we've sort of figured it out uh, that like there's a place for drum machines, there's a place for drummers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but back then it was like, we got this new thing. Is it just going to be drummers now? Yeah, you're like, well, fuck, it can play in time and it like, you know, the bass drum sounds like a bass drum. What the fuck am I going to do now? Yeah. So interesting. I'm glad he came up with something. Yeah, it's so he like he says long and short of it is I come up with this part on the spot and it becomes a number one hit. John's biggest hit ever, that and In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins are probably the two most air drummed solos on pop radio ever. Yep. Um he says it's not technically hard, but I was forced to create that on the spot. So <laughs> I can only imagine the pressure. He's like, hey man, you gotta play a drum solo on this. He's like, fuck, I was already replaced by a machine for most of the song. This is my one shot. He did it though. He fucking delivered, man. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. So, way to go. What was his name? Uh, Kenny Aronoff. Way to go, Kenny. Very nice. I mean, just big, big drum fill with, like, that huge um, uh, reverb on it. uh, And then, like, hit with a little bit of cymbal. Yeah, great hits. And then it takes you right into this new section, the one that uh, Mick Ronson is really responsible for. Uh where we've got the choir singing, let it rock, let it roll. Let the bubble bear come and free my soul. Mm-hmm. As the drums kind of keep going with like... Yeah, because they do kind of like bookend it with some some tasty drum beats, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. There's even more big drums right at the end. Yeah. In and out. Excuse me. Um, then they kind of do one of those like reverse guitar sounds, you know, 
go to like yeah. right around the three minute mark. It does the like, yeah, it like slides it in this like, which is cool sound and to like everything cut down just into the acoustic guitar. Cool effect. Not the first time we've heard it. Don't have another example, but like happens sometimes. Happens sometimes. And that's where we get those baby rattles as well. Yes. Which I mean, just sounds like shaker percussion like yeah. i don't know if it, how it had to be a rattle but maybe implies something about their relationship um maybe yeah not. i don't even know if it is specifically like if they specifically use rattles or if that was just mixed way of saying this style of like rattle right? style like we had maracas yeah, and you need something that rattles he's clearly got thinking about like babies in terms of this relationship so like oh maybe there's something there maybe, like yeah, yeah we'll enjoy ourselves but then they sort of get tied down by a family or whatever but maybe who knows? That's, that's a lot to place on the roll of some That is a lot on just some rattles. <laughs> but hey, maybe. Or maybe it's just more like nostalgia, right? Like a thing mm-hmm. that you used to use when you were very young. Yeah, I think it just adds a little texture. I think I think beyond any like poetic implications, I think it's just like sounds good. Yeah. Um, we now get like a almost like fluty sort of synth on this part. Yes, probably synth. I also think it's synth. Yeah. Kind of as Because it's not the organ. No. Just what do 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 do. Yeah, so it's like a sort of breakdown chorus here. Yeah. Uh, as you like keep going on that. And then it sort of keeps going for a while into this like outro cut down. Which is already like down right yeah because we hit the final line two american kids do the best they can is finished at 336 mm-hmm. and then the song's four minutes 15 seconds long so you got like another 40 or six 45 seconds of just right. yeah, the big intro stuff so yeah same as the intro outro same yeah. as the intro um back into the claps the same riff everything yeah and it fades out yeah so that's the song that's, that's the song. The, that's the instruments. Sounds pretty cool. Some pretty iconic parts in there. Uh, it's pretty simple though overall. Yeah, pretty simple song. Uh, but hey, it 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 got big. Maybe in part due to this music video. Again, we uh, somehow the secret theme this month was songs with music videos from 1982, <laughs> um, like early MTV days. Yeah, a lot of these songs are from like the same time period. Mm-hmm. Um, not on purpose. And so this song was kind of like a, a special request, the music video from Mellencamp. So he went to Paul Flattery, who worked for the uh, production company that was producing music videos for him. That's uh, mm-hmm. the John Roseman Productions. And they were making videos for Hurt So Good and Hand to Hold On To. And then he says, look, there's a song on the album the label doesn't believe in, but I do. Can you do me a favor and save one roll of film? Shoot me singing the song. I'll give you some old photos and stuff, and then you cobble it together for me. That's Paul Flattery saying what Mellencamp said to him. And so that was Jack and Diane. And so they had a little time. They did some editing in L.A. Uh, they had some footage of John like singing the song and, and hanging out with uh, who his wife was at the time. Yeah, uh, Victoria Granucci. That's right. What they call granola in Italy. Granucci. <laughs> Granucci. The nooch, we call it. The nooch. So, this is like basically like somebody skilled in PowerPoint today could knock out the Jack and Diane music video. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's fairly simple uh, in terms of that, like in terms of the, you could, I guess simple is the wrong word, but like, it's the sort of thing that, yeah, you'd have the feature of like, you get these transitions of like, we have this photo, we have this photo and it's like kid, uh, you know, young children's growing up. Young children yeah, growing it's up photos in photos of John Mellencamp and presumably his then wife and his yeah his then wife. Um, so it's it's kind of that and th- but it'll be like split. It'll because like a gray background and then it'll be like a framed photo and half and then another framed photo in the other half or like they're overlapping or they're all over the place. Yeah. So it'll be Almost, photographs, mm-hmm. still photos, and then video of of the two of them together, just kind of walking around and at one point walking sitting around. under a tree, implicitly having just had sex. Yes. Um, so you get a lot of that and the frames are all different sizes. They come out at different times. One of the ones that comes up very frequently in different amounts is the, the hand clapping. Yes. So you just get the hand clapping. It might be like three boxes on the screen that have the hands clapping. They might clap, disappear, pop up somewhere else, clap, disappear, pop up somewhere else. Um, it's like getting a virus on your 1990s computer. Just pop. <laughs> it just opens a bunch of windows. Yeah. But yes, we do get. Yeah, there's three parts to this video. It's one hand claps, two old photos, um, you know, of things that relate to the song, being young children, being in football gear, being in the heartland of America. And then you have some footage of John Mellencamp performing and then some footage of these two going about their lives. Unfortunately, we don't get to see them suck a chili dog down. They just kind of eat it normally. Yeah, they go to like, yeah, fast food place. They are eating it together. Yes. So, not from both ends, though. No, certainly not. So, yeah, it's very normal, very not exciting, but they do eat a hot dog. Okay, so correction on my assessment of the them sitting under the tree. I think it's implied they're about to have sex. Sick. Because <laughs> they're taking clothes off. That's, that's one of the two moments in the three-moment process they would be allowed to show, either yeah. pre or post. <laughs> not... Um, in situ is that the i don't know um say in situ i think that would be allowed (laughs) um yeah and like and they kind of walk around like it shows other stuff they walk around shows more photos of them young sometimes smoking cigarettes yeah sometimes on they're on a motorcycle yeah um, they do some like freezing stuff here. We see a lot of this in all of these eighties music videos we've talked about where they're just like, they're struggling to figure out what to do with freeze with frame. The freeze frame. They're like, we can stop the video and leave it on the screen. Let's do that for a bit, but not very long at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Those like weird, awkward freeze frames. Cause Kitty did that as well. Yeah. Kitty did that. It was um, in the Roxanne and it, music it, video as Roxanne well. Roxanne did it too. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Um, the other thing, I mean, there's a lot of like the sh- um, ex- like there'll be a frame with a photo or a video, and it like expand um, into its final size um, from like a point. But like they'll do it in timing with the the beat or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Like for the uh, for the drum roll, they try to do it the drum solo. Yeah, and yeah. John Mellencamp even does like air drums in his little yeah. video. Yeah, and then you get two of them going, and then... And then three. And then three. He does this thing, I think, after this section where he, like, punches the screen, and then like, yeah. freeze frames on that. Very briefly. Yeah. Um, 350 is the freeze frame punches. That's, like, right at the end. 
Yeah, right at the end. There's there. some other like modeling shots of John Mellencamp um, in like yeah. a sleeveless shirt or snapping or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the video. There's more of that. Yeah. It's, uh, it is like for the time period, perfectly acceptable. Yeah, it definitely feels like dated and simple, but like it's, it's all right. Yeah, it's it laid, it laid the groundwork for the future music videos, man, and also the future of the viruses on your computer. <laughs> so thanks, John Mellencamp. Thanks, thanks for doing John that. Mellencamp. <laughs> You're a real hero. Um, we got to move on. We got to talk about some cover versions after this short break, and we're back. Gosh, it's been so long. That was what a great ad that was. What <laughs> a great ad. I I tell you what, I'm buying all of that product or endorsing that politician. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Now, Alex, you put together a playlist this week. I sure did. And I just want the audience to know that as we go into it. Started with Picking On in 2000. Yeah, there's some uh, classic stuff in here. Yeah, the uh, the CMH studio musicians themselves. We talked about these guys a thousand times. They do like folk slash country. Sometimes yep. instrumental, sometimes not. This week, instrumental, baby. Yep, all instrumental. Um, picking on, of course, does these like bluegrass covers. So you get a yeah. lot of your banjo, mandolin, acoustic guitar kind of thing. Um, so this one is what I was referring to before when I said some of them are like kind of choppy. Um, mm. And I just felt like this one had a lot of like silence and it would just kill the momentum. Oh boy, did it right off the fucking bat. Like yeah. The initial song opens up with big, fat, slow chords. Sure, but they're huge. Whereas this one, they take out that oomph. So it's just. Yeah. No oomph. Completely loses. And then like. Once it moves in, like, acoustic guitar, strumming, sure. Vocal melody moves to, like, banjo, I think. Yes. Um, that's the picking. Um, that's the picking that's going on. And then I, I also feel like part of, like, the way they play it, there's a lot of, like, sliding around. And that mm-hmm. kind of also makes it lose some, some oomph. Yeah. Because, like, they'll slide and do, like, more complex stuff, but it kind of loses a bit of... Um, I guess volume from that, so it just feels yeah, a little soft. There's no input to to keep that, you know, yeah. audio system. We know how audio works. You got to have the, the input, man. <laughs> right. And um, you're right because it's it's a very quiet backing track, and so like the the banjo noodling around is kind of cool. And in terms of uh, like ways to do an instrumental vocal track, that's smart. Give yourself an instrument that has a little bit of expressiveness to it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, like you say, you lose all of this punch, and so it just gets muddied into the very quiet mix, and it's it's can't take us anywhere. Yeah, I feel like if they had lightened up on that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, it would have been stronger. But they do so much of it, it's just kind of too much. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that sucks even more, uh, <laughs> they do like like it's like two twenty three. Is that um, the first fake ending? Uh, it like just stops before yeah. it goes into the breakdown, basically. That's right. So it stops at both ends of that breakdown. And both times I was like, oh, I'm good. They're done. Like, <laughs> that's all they could have achieved. Good on them on getting out. And they're like, no, wait, we're doing the bridge. We just don't have drums for some. Yeah, it's reason. like they said, oh, we'll put something here eventually and just forgot. 
Yeah. Because it's where the drums go. And they were like, let's just leave that space in there, but not do anything. And it, exactly. it's so awkward. It sucks so bad. <laughs> so, not great. Not great. It's not very exciting. Um, what's there isn't, like, it isn't much. I've written they faded out like a fart. I don't know if I mean, like... Oh, yeah, there's, like, a little bit of... Sucks. This one wasn't very good. Picking on is sometimes okay. Not this week. Yeah, they're, like, really inconsistent. Not this one. Not this one. But, hey, guys, surely things are going to get better with this next cover, (laughs) which Alex brought to us today this week. There Uh, were so (laughs) many acapella covers of this. I had to do one. You could only pick one, huh? There were Um, mostly acapella covers of this song. Yeah, it was uh, Slim Pickens. Oral Pleasure. 2002. Sucking on chili dogs outside the tasty freeze. Dancing on Jackie's lap, he's got his hands between her knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those bobby. They're from um, Emory University, which is in Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. Georgia. They're Emory University's oldest gender-inclusive a cappella group, which if you want to know how old that is, is 1994. They're uh, 30 years old this year. Oh. And they think they're hot shit. Their fucking uh, bio is all like, this isn't your mom's a cappella. Man, they all fucking say that. I know. They're like, we're the real deal. Like, it's you know like, how a cappella is considered boring by some? We're not that. And it's like, okay. Anyway, we're about to do everything that everyone else does. Yeah. And also, our lead singer isn't fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was okay, but this isn't like a super difficult song to sing. No, but it, what it needs is character. True. It works for John Mellencamp because he sounds like he's sucking on chili dogs. Yes. And this guy um, sounds like a musical theater student. Yes, he does. I don't believe that this guy grew up in the heartland. I don't believe he's ever sucked a chili dog. I don't believe anyone would ask him. This is what I wrote. I think it's funny, so I'm going to read it word for word. This song is too sexual for a bunch of virgins to be singing. (laughs) These are theater kids. What are you talking about? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, who are inherently horny, but also, you know, not good at getting laid, some of them. You know what? Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Um... But yeah, you know, it's a cappella. Like you got people doing the the instrumental parts with their voices. Uh, they sound fine. They're doing the ba da 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 da. There's also like the like ding thing. Ding. Yeah, they got some like their annoying notes, which is I guess what makes them rebels. Uh, I will say this: you take out the lead singer, I could do like a, a level of Super Mario Sunshine where Flood gets stolen from you. To this, like I could do that. Like the backing track's decent. Yeah, it's like yeah. solid enough. They're doing a good job there. It's not it doesn't bring anything amazing out of this song. It's not revolutionary, but they're laying it down. They got something there. For the most part. Yeah. I mean, we should mention, or at least I want to mention the drums, they do have the drums. Yes. Unlike picking on, but I feel like it's weird because on all the other voices they don't seem to mind having like many layers. Mm-hmm. And making it sound big. Uh, but they still just have the one beatboxing dude to play this like drum part that is like has such all this reverb on it, and he doesn't yeah. have anything helping him out, and it does not really work very well, just as him being like Yeah, he sounds rough. Yeah. So that's they, too bad. Uh, they for some reason could only give him one take in the studio or what? Like 
help them out. Yeah, it's yeah, the drum solo sucked really hard. Um, and they do it on both ends, so like they they get the drums back out. So he's got yeah, two it just moments. Feels to, like really la- like they could have like even just turned it up. Yeah, but credit to them, they do have more drums somehow than an instrumental version. <laughs> so way to go, way to go. Uh, pretty abrupt end on this one. Yeah. Um. But I mean, maybe just because they, um, like I'm just comparing to picking on just immediate comparisons mm-hmm. much smoother right because that one sure, has yeah. such like flow issues this one doesn't have that but that's mostly because they just do the original version yeah they just do the original and they're you know if you're there and you're on the backing team you always want to be making noise otherwise what are you doing in the acapella group yeah you're either the karaoke lead singer you're the drum guy or you're everyone else if you're everyone else <laughs> you're you everyone want your piece else of the pie. <laughs> Um, but much like everyone else, I want to move on to a different song as fast as I can. So let's talk about Vitamin String Quartet in Another instrumental version. Oh, and another classic, another regular on the show another here. Regular VSQ. Uh yeah, string quartet versions. Um they do that. They do that. Um yeah, exactly what the name implies, except I don't think there's any nutritional value to these guys if you listen to them. Uh but they are a string quartet. Now, first problem here right off the bat, it's uh, they've tacked on an extra minute and 20 seconds. How? They have. I'm a little unclear on how that even happened. Um it's cuz they really love what they've done with that intro. <laughs> which to their credit is probably the best part of this but ease up on it just a little yeah bit so else. like when you mean like because they kind of slow it down a bit and they mm-hmm. really make that intro intense yeah they, the they do what picking on couldn't they give it energy from a different place it's yeah. very orchestral it's a little you know it's a little pomp and circumstance it's highbrow but it's got some presence yeah and they also make it a bit choppier mm-hmm. but like it feels more intentional because picking on it feels <laughs> like they needed a break yes while they're recording whereas this one's like actually just a little choppier yeah like that's they decide hey that's how we're gonna do it and because they're hitting those chops with some intention yeah yeah and it sounds fine now about 20 seconds into this they hit us with like what i can only describe as nautical walking bass (laughs) i didn't even notice yeah that's the um TK64 sound. Yeah. It's like it's like that classic song they use in any film where they need to convey that water is around. Water's around. Yeah, I hadn't I didn't really think about that. Or I mean I didn't until later on because I noticed it later on. But it is that sound. It is that sound, and what does that have to do with the heartland? I'll fucking know. It's all about the coast with these guys. So yeah, these, 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 these fucking coastal, coastal liberal elites. Yeah. <laughs> and their string quartet. And their string quartets. Yeah, you know how much a string quartet costs? Too goddamn much. <laughs> um, what they end up doing, though, I think is relatively standard thing to do in a, in a string quartet setup, but also mm-hmm. is very similar to how the original worked because we were talking about like these right. similar melodies where there'd be like the guitar and the piano and the organ or whatever. Um, 
being very similar but not quite the same and they have that but now it's like different string instruments so it's like okay yeah that makes sense yeah so you got one doing like the main vocal melody and the other one's kind of weaving around it yeah basically it's not bad but like again big problem with this is this song this version goes on way too long it is very long you could do one verse hit the chorus get us to the bridge and take us home with another chorus you could do this in three minutes. True, yeah. They do kind of get that extra repetition. And I feel like it was also 2003, which was like this weird time period where this kind of thing existed in, like, you get these, like, compilation CDs. Right. And I think there's less of this now, or at least maybe not, but we're, or not less of it, but rather it's been around for longer, so it's more mature, so, like, we kind of know how to do it. We can be like, right. ah, we're just repeating ourselves. Let's make it shorter. Yeah, because it does, does feel like kind of fad music too where you're like what if John Mellencamp was orchestral music isn't that crazy whereas now what we do is they're like what if Jack and Diane was a trailer for a movie yeah (laughs) yeah okay neat yeah these like alt version conversions Mm -hmm. um there's also they do like a really big climbing bit into the breakdown yeah Um, and they do a version of the drum fill on the strings uh, which is kind of awkward, but like it's all right. At least it's something. Yeah, the one point of this that has like an awkward break too, where they like kind of peter out on the chorus, and then it's like pause. Okay. Yeah. So it is a bit awkward in that way. Um, and the breakdown's all right, uh, and then, yeah, and sort of does, like, a climb out of it. So it gets, like, mm-hmm. quite loud at this point, and then cuts back down. Yeah, huge climb, and they do that climb with the, with that intro instrumental stuff that they're returning to eventually. They'll go, like, up an octave. Um, they really tuck into that for, like, the last minute. Yes, and, like, lots of arpeggio, like, faster playing in there. I guess that's yeah. the extra bit. That's the extra minute is them just being like, what if we played a little higher? What if the fucking nautical base returns? What if- yep, and it sure does. <laughs> oh, we're in a submarine now. Okay. It also kind of, like the end, they get really high at the end. It's like a bit much. Yeah. It's like they were waiting for, did like the the conductor like pass out or something? <laughs> it's like, like that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he just like holds his hand up and the opera singer has to keep singing and like, runs out of oxygen and is like turning all these different colors so he can keep singing yeah it's that but with with strings and he like pulls his hand out of the glove and the glove stays up and like scratches something and puts it back in the glove good good possessed glove trick yeah you know Bugs Bunny it's Looney Tunes yeah um yeah so it's alright it's better than the other instrumental version but that's not saying too much yeah the bar Uh, this week is pretty fucking low yeah (laughs) And uh, um, it's kind of like um, I thought that it was like too intense. Like they didn't have enough like quiet stuff going on. Yeah, so, like they were like, like ninety to hundred percent like the whole time, and they could have softened it up at times. Because even like the original did. version has that that intense to soft right in the intro. Yeah, but they're not messing with that. They want all big, which I guess is better than the all small that uh, Picking On did, but. Yeah, you gotta have a nice middle ground, you know? You do. But hey, you know what the uh, Italian word for all is? 
It's Tootie. Tootie. Who did a cover of this in 2009. Sticking up, chilling out, outside tasty freeze. Diane's hitting on Jackie's left hand between the knees. Jackie said, Diane, let's run up behind a shady tree. That's right, a Spanish man with an Italian performing name, Jason Rodriguez. Uh, he is a multi-instrumentalist, musician, producer, and composer of arrangements mainly based on fusion. Uh, that's what he says about himself. What's being fused here? I'm uh, not sure. I'm this not is sure. mostly a solo acoustic version. Yeah, this is like a low-budget solo acoustic version uh with uh, a spanish vocalist yeah and i i thought he did a decent job of it like he, his his strumming patterns are like interesting enough to yeah, carry he cuts it, loose with it he's yeah. not just doing power chords or anything he does like the basic intro at the start and then he's like hey let's start mixing it up yeah it's like very I don't know if I want to say, like, busy. Yeah. Yes. Um, And he definitely... I mean, there's a bit more. I say it's only solo. There's uh, some other stuff uh, in the breakdown in particular, but it still has this, like, one-man band feel to it. Yeah. Kind of. Like, he's got a big bass drum on his back or something. Yeah. It's mostly solo acoustic guitar. It's mostly solo, him going nuts on that guitar, and then him kind of just ripping through the lyrics, um, sicking up Chili Dog and all that. Yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe he learned the song phonetically. Yes. Because like, there's there's some questionable lyrical choices that I think maybe weren't choices. Like at the at the end of the, the bridge where he says it make a woman a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't think he was trying to be progressive. I think <laughs> it's just I didn't know the lyrics. Just didn't, yeah. No, necessarily. Um, or didn't have a great grasp of it. So yeah, um, a lot of strumming. And uh, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. All that said, front runner this week so far. <laughs> yep. Uh, I made a mistake because I was gonna put on. Well, I was gonna put on the uh, Weird Al. Oh yeah, Homer and Marge. Homer and Marge, and then completely forgot. Yeah, that would have been nice. He was uh, originally because yeah. I read a little fun fact. He originally wanted to do a different version of it. He asked John Mellencamp for permission to record. I don't remember what the two names were, but John Mellencamp was like, no, you can't. And then, so he makes Homer and Marge for the Simpsons sometime later. And that's, that's a fun story about a version we will not be talking about. We will not be talking about. Uh, anything else on this one, Alex? Mm, I think it'd be cool, like, to see, like, a busker do this. I feel like yeah. that would be, like, the best place for this, uh, this version, but I think it's pretty solid overall. Okay, so let's talk about, and let's make sure I get this name right here, Marangos come Acuar, Escola de Talentos, specifically the performers Paula, Mariana, Andre, and Fabio in the year Fabio. 2010. Second all chili dog, outside the taste of freeze, Diane sitting on Jackie's lap, got his hand between her knees. Jackie says, hey Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Yeah, um, I didn't get a lot of details on this, but it's like a like a talent. This show. year, all the new characters in Morango's Comacuar, which means strawberries with cream, pursue the same dream. For them, the sky is the limit. Not because they are teenagers, which would be reason enough. 
but because they are all determined to force destiny to their will and are not willing to wait for the future. They want to go get him, even if this future is a chimera, a fantasy, to be artists and succeed in the exciting world of entertainment. They are driven by courage and determination or the mere insane search for stardom and glamour or the achievement of a simple opportunity in life. Well, it's time to show what you're worth. Who dares? Who will stand in the way? Only those who have vocation, talent, and persistence will succeed. The fight will be close and the rules of the game will be unforgiving. Strawberries with sugar are different. They remain irreverent, bold, good-humored, and passionate, as always. But the stage of life is no longer enough for our characters. The lives of the stage, the spotlight, illusions and disappointments, victories and failures, fame and success are the realities of his new adventure. <laughs> so All this right. is the seventh season of a show which, as best as I can figure, is Glee, but without uh, like an in-universe Glee club. Okay. That makes sense. And it's called like Talent School or something. It's called it's called Strawberries with Cream. This is season seven, which has the subtitle Talent School. Okay, so it's just one season where they were like, "We're gonna do a Glee" because it's twenty ten. Um. Yeah, maybe. But the other ones also have like songs throughout them. Oh, and, I see. So that's kind of is, the setup of the show. It is about like teenagers pursuing their dreams, and this specifically, this album, I believe, is a like studio recordings of songs that were performed also in the season, but not necessarily the performances from within the TV show that season. Right. Just featuring the same voices. So it's basically Disney stars slash Glee club yep. slash, but it's from Portugal. It's a big fucking hit there. This is season seven. Um, and this is four of the actors from that performing this. Sure is. Yeah. Um, I thought the art on this was funny. Um, but I threw it in. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Alex. Um, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this version, honestly. Um, they're like fine uh, singing. It's what's weird about it the most yes. is there's four of them. And like, I don't know. Where are they? Like, yeah, where are they? I couldn't tell them apart very well, for one. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, it's it's awkward. It's like maybe a duet, I feel like, this song. Yeah. If you get more people on it, you need, like, a setup. And maybe they had a setup, but it's also strange as a as a um, quartet. Yeah. Unless, well, do they do backing vocals on the... Yeah, they do. So maybe it's four people on the bridge, and that's true. Maybe it's just like one person singing the whole thing, and then backups. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought that was strange. But I mean, overall, the sound is like not—they're not really changing much. Yeah, it's musically as tight as they can hug to the original. Um, perhaps one of the only like real highlights is she kind of tries to put on her idea of a James Dean voice when she says James Dean. Oh, there's like a little there's a little acting on it. There's definitely some there. Um, there's also the save my soul line. What did, I was complaining about it in these notes. So I'm trying to figure out why. It sounds very flat. It sounds fucking terrible is why. It does sound very flat. It was kind of what's weird about that part. The whole breakdown, I think. Yeah. Is it sounds kind of like no one's singing actual harmonies and like <laughs> or everyone is kind of like they couldn't quite sort that out. Well, to yeah. have like one person be the lead and it just falls flat because of it if that makes sense like they don't have one person who's like I'm gonna really push it on this line yeah it's what happens when you don't have like like at least with uh, say 
oral pleasure, there was a clear lead singer. This yeah. is all supporting and no no lead. Yeah. So it is, yeah, awkward and lacks some punch because of it. But I'm sure there's other reasons it lacks punch as well. Yeah, I'm sure if we had the context of the scene from the original show, which I couldn't find online, I did my best, folks. Yeah. Which is to say, I put it into YouTube, nothing came up, and I said, thank you. Thank you so much for not <laughs> showing me anything. <laughs> Uh, and that's his first. It, like there is the the most interesting part is the peer into Portuguese culture we got from the fact that this was a long running TV show. Um, there are several seasons after this. I think it is finished, to my understanding. But hey, let's talk about not even the song Jack and Diane anymore, but a uh, interpolation. We're doing an Jake interpolation. Owen. There's a couple interpolations of this song. Obviously, um, there is. Um, Weird Al. Yeah. Uh, there's a Jessica Simpson song, mm-hmm. the name of which I am blanking on. And I, I had it here, but I have lost um, it. I can't make you love me. Love. That's the one. Is a long road. It's a. Uh, Wait. Uh, I think I'm in love with you. That's it. I knew love was in there. <laughs> uh, it definitely had the word love in it. Um, and uh, we're doing this one instead. We're doing. We're doing. I was Jack. Brackets. You were Diane. Jake Owen, By Jake 2019. Owen. And it blew us away. Do you turn it up? Do you sing along every time you hear that song? Like we did then. Like we did when. Um, His actual name's Joshua. Huh. But he took fucking weird. Jake instead of Joshua. Jake, um, strange, strange man. He's from Florida. Josh. Uh, and this is his song. I was Jackie with Diane, which, as you might guess, musically takes the uh, the big fat chords and the dee 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 from the original that big intro yeah. section, and lyrically is about listening to the song Jack and Diane when you were a kid and now looking back because you are older now. Yeah, that and like thinking like, oh man, I could totally relate to that song, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of the song. <laughs> So here's the verse. Here's the, here's the lyrics, because we should interpret them. It was yesterday, it was years ago. We were singing every word on the radio, kind of like them songs could save our souls somehow, some way. We were falling fast, we was jumping in, blue jean halo hanging off the limb. Two American kids just like them, every time they played, and it blew us away. It blew us away. Yeah, he's listening to this, to Jack and Diane on the radio, right? And they're like yeah. skinny dipping, presumably? Mm-hmm. And, oh, skinny dipping? Well, blue jean halo. I feel like the, well, not necessarily skinny dipping, but the, there's clothes on the tree and they're swimming. They're, so maybe they're in their underwear, I guess. I assume they were fucking. Hanging oh, off maybe. the limb of the I don't know the why tree. I'm thinking of swimming. He doesn't, I see, he's a jumping in, so I was he's thinking jumping of in. water, but he's not actually swimming. I think they're jumping into love, Alex. Yeah, that makes more sense. I, I didn't pick up on the limb as, like, the tree limb, though. That's a good catch. I just was like, oh, yeah, you're you're hanging your blue jeans loose because you're ready to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Taking them down. Taking them down. You're dribbling them off, bro. Dribbling them off. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, it was yesterday. It was years ago. You know, the passage of time. It, yeah. it seems like it was just yesterday, but it was, in fact, years ago. Uh-huh. Do you remember a guy who talked to us in downtown and he was like, yes. yesterday I was 17, <laughs> today I'm 45 or whatever? Yeah, he also told us... Um, we asked him, he asked us what music we were listening to, and we told him Rush. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that stuff, Highway to Hell, that's what it is. That's it's what a highway it is, to man. Hell. 
It's a highway to hell. Uh, so that was fun. And then I think we didn't get hot chocolate from him. That is correct. Yeah. Because they were giving out hot chocolate. They were giving out hot chocolate. And we were like, I think we've had enough. Sometimes I walk by, because I was like outside a church. I was yeah. like his church. Sometimes I walk by there and I'm like, oh yeah. Talk to that guy. Talk to that guy. Yeah. Only thing I could ever remember about that place. Uh, not that I go to Olympic Plaza very often, but no, if anyone's curious do. where that happened. So it was at the Olympic Plaza. So we were singing every word on the radio. They really liked the song, and they, they had some belief, you know, that, that belief that music can save you somehow. Yeah, and they related to the song. They are like, this is like us, but also life goes on long, a- long after the thrill of living is gone. Gone, yeah. They didn't pay attention to the chorus too much. Um, And then the chorus hits. Do you turn it up? Do you sing along every time you hear that song like we did then, like we did when? Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back to six packs and a Chevy Cheyenne? Way back when I was Jack, you were Diane. I think the title is so funny. (laughs) It's to me reads like you thought about somebody from your youth and sent them Jack and Diane. They're like, haha, yeah, good song. And then you would send them this to clarify. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was Jack. Brackets, you were Diane. And they're like, yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Because th- that's what they did. He's like, hey, can you relate to this? Because that's the thing I did, basically, right? Yeah, it's very... Like, does it make you feel things? Yeah, do you do, let's, drink do and you drive? Do you still do that? Do you still, yeah, drink? Or maybe they're just having a tailgate, or they might not be the ones driving, but I yeah, guess maybe. one of them would have Hang to drive. Hang on, I don't know what a Chevy Cheyenne is. It's a truck. I should have known. <laughs> it's, uh, there, and there's a bunch of different versions of it. Like, the top result on Wikipedia is the most country-ass looking one. I don't yeah. think they're talking about the futuristic-looking concept truck, nor the sort of, like, modern-looking big-ass trucks. I think they're talking about that old rusty bus. It's gotta be the old ones from the 80s, right? Because it's when the song came out. That's right. Um, six packs, and you're right, Alex. He's not talking about how, how ripped he was back then. They're drinking. drinking beers. Yeah, they're drinking. I remember beers. when I had a flat stomach? Yeah. I saw you in the music video, Jake. You're doing fine. You're doing all right, brother. Um, yeah, he's saying, like, do you still remember that? Do you still think? Because he's being nostalgic about it, and he's basically saying, are you still nostalgic about it? Do you still like the song? What's going on with you? How you been? Hey, I was what's Jack. up? You how you Diane. been? How you doing? Girl? Yeah, girl. And the music played. This is the post-chorus line. Um, then we hit the next piece of verse. Uh, yeah, we were never growing up or growing old, breaking up or letting go. Girl, just like rock and roll, where is it gone? But I hope like hell every now and again I blow across your mind like that summer wind and you're holding on to 16 as long as you can every time that it comes on. That it comes on. Yeah, so we get another more explicit reference to the original lyrics there, holding on yeah. to 16. Um, but yeah, now we're in the future. And he's like, hey, remember, well, where were we before? It was yesterday, it was years ago. I guess we were before as well, thinking back. Yeah. But now he's like, he's, hey, do you remember it too? Yeah, he's uh, like, and so in this one, he's like, hey, we were, we were really tight back then. Uh, we were never letting go. Like, we, there was no reason for us to break up or, or move on from each other. And so he's like, hey, what happened? Girl, our relationship is just like the genre of music, rock and roll. Rock and roll, which has, according to him, in, uh, what year was this? 2019. 2019. Uh, ended. Ended. <laughs> Gone away. And also, if you want rock and roll to come back, you have the power to do that, Jake Owen. Jake Owen, you're not Joshua. doing that, Joshua. <laughs> you can fucking play rock and roll. Um, interesting. 
Interesting. And of course, the other line, we were, you know, uh, being young and not having a concept of like getting older, growing yeah. up and anything changing because you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it's like, oh, we, we didn't think this would ever happen to us. You know, everyone has no concept of that. And now here we are. I think it's a little weird that he's like, I hope like hell every now and again that you maybe think that you like think about me a bit. <laughs> it's like chill out. Just a, just a, I hope every now and then would be enough. I hope like hell is like. Is it just a little much? <laughs> it is very strong, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is and also more? that he pairs that with that uh, you're also still 16. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what the hell, man? <laughs> Hope you're still acting like you did when you were 16. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where it's like, I would hate to be who I was at 16, but people also have that idea where they're like, hey, never change, man, never change. You're, yeah, you're 16 was not peak Alex. I'll no. be honest with you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you, besides going to school, what I was doing at 16. Yeah, it's going to school. It's going to school. Yeah, it was like grade 10. Yeah, no, I, was, I wasn't doing it. I was growing zits on my face. <laughs> like I was going to farm them for damn profit. damn good job of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's it, except for the, the third chorus, where he says, baby hallelujah. Yep. Um, and then in the end when he says, yeah, do the memories take you back, take you back, take you back, which I, the real question is, do memories ever not take you back? Yeah. Isn't that what memories are? Like things give you memories and that takes you back. I don't know, man. Cause if you're remembering something, you're being, I don't know. It depends on how, I guess taking you back, you need to feel like you're transported to that place. Like I can remember that I, I, you know, had, uh, some leftover French fries for breakfast this morning. Oh, that really takes Uh, me back. Uh, yeah, does that take me back, or do I just know that that happened? So this morning, when I had those it's pretty good. Fries, Threw a fried egg on them. It was great. Oh, it's pretty good. That's like a what do you call that? Wavell's Rancheros. Yeah, kind of, kind of like Wavell's Rancheros, Alex. Don't worry about it. I'm not googling it. No, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't tell from the mechanical <laughs> keyboard strikes. Not, it's not important. It's not important. Uh, I counted out the letter strokes. I was like, yeah, he's putting in Wavo's red arrows. <laughs> Wait, to start with an H? Yeah, shit. Um, uh, that's the lyrics. I didn't really like. I mean, the music samples Jack and Diane, right? Like, that's kind of yes. the important part. That's, and it's about Jack and Diane. Yeah. And if it's not clear, he was Jack. And you were Diane. Just adding the brackets makes it so funny. I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out if he did it on purpose. Even if like, it was, I was Jack, like comma or like semicolon, you were Diane. That would be better than yeah. The but he brackets. put it in brackets. I don't know. It's so funny. It's very funny. What's even funnier though is that instead of singing the song, he opts for rap. Yes. It was yesterday. It was years ago. We were it singing every ago. word on the radio. On the radio. Yeah, my name's Jake Owen, and I'm here to say I'm here to rap in a rapping way. Way, Jake Owen. Jake Owen. I and I asked myself this question: Would I still like the song "Sweet Jane" if it was done in the stylings of Jake Owen? Jake Owen riding in a Stutz Bearcat Jim. Yeah, those were different times. That's a good question. I would. I mean, maybe there's the Jake Owen version of "Sweet Jane." I haven't even looked it up. God, we can hope and pray, Alex. Maybe one. So day. we get the intro, which is uh, is Jack and Diane, big chords, da Yeah. With the addition of like some some finger picking, arpeggiating banjo. Sure, he throws in that banjo. 
Yeah. And some like slide guitar in there that and that's kind of the other thing. Like it adds those sort of like pop country staples, right? It's got yes. this the the core of and then it'll throw in slide guitar, it'll throw in the banjo and whatever. Yeah. And like even the the verse is like the same guitar. It's pretty close to that. It's not exactly yeah. that, but it's right, it does that too. Um, we got some organ in the back there. Uh, and then it kind of throws in like, it's not a guitar solo, really? What well, is? Yeah. For a bit. Later on. Yeah. I think so, like, the fun. one element I'm most concerned with, I'm trying to remember when it comes in, is the, uh, the backing. <laughs> I think it's after that guitar solo that you mentioned. I miss that totally. It's kind of mixed low. 230? Yeah. Um, yeah, 2.30. It's also there at 153 with the guitar solo. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah. do uh, all that stuff. Uh, it's, I mean, overall, super, like, pop country. Super pop country. Not really into it. Um, but... Man, that title very funny. <laughs> very funny. It's part of me thinks you're just running some like experiment on me this week, where you throw fucking six pieces <laughs> of trash at me, and then this, the only one that has like an actual production team behind it, and you're like, yeah, you like this now, huh? <laughs> you fucking like that? You fucking like it? Answer is still no, but I still do love no. that there's a ten minute music video for it. Oh my gosh, it's so long. <laughs> I know. I was like at the end of my notes, I was like, time to do this music video, and then it was ten minutes long. I know. <laughs> I like put it off a day because I was like, fuck, I'm not. I don't have the time for this. There is a. Th- Shorter version that's only three minutes long. Um, I know that. Yeah, it's a song only, and I'm like, no, I have to have the whole fucking the whole thing. story. Um, yeah. So I mean, basically, it does the song, and then it will just like fade the song out and do these vignettes. Yeah. So we open with the vignettes. It's August 1982, and this yeah. is a big breaking point for for literal Jack and Diane. Um, she wants to get out of the town, and they're they're just she just had some dudes yelling at her to to try and pick her up. And he's like, yeah, they're persistent. She's like, it's not making a case. This town is not really helping my case, is what she says. Ah, uh, yes. And um, they go on yeah. a date, fall in love. Um, well, this is, well, for, hang on, Alex. You're that's, right, I'm that's missing that's an important thing. One, we got to have the setup here. We got to have it very clear. They sit down in the diner, and then he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's the plan to be here. And she's like, what plan? We're 18. And then it shifts to present day. And they're like, he's sitting in some place. Doesn't it say then, 10 years later? So it shifts to the early 90s, I think. Yeah, but what we uh, as viewers can understand is that it's present day. day. And I right. had to fucking do some calculations because Jake Owens comes on the radio with this song. Yeah. Which came out in the year. It seems like it's actually 2018 from what I'm seeing. But uh, okay. so 2018, this comes out, which would make uh, Jack here theoretically 54 years old. <laughs> And the only difference is he's got like a little extra stubble. Yep, he's got stubble now. And, and he's at a class hat. of 82 reunion. But it's a 10 year reunion. Like it's. Yeah, so we eventually find out like right. fucking seven minutes into the music video that it's a 10 year reunion. It's 10 so years he's later. only 20. Okay, that comes up later. <laughs> yes. But at this okay. point, it's like no fucking way to know that. Uh, so then we get, we get we go back to fall of 1981 and we see him yep, trying to get her to go out with him. Let's bring uh, it back. 
they go bowling. Um, we cut to Jake Owen in that diner they were in in the first shot, just sitting and just sitting. He turns out to be like a server, like waitstaff. Yeah, that's a twist at the end. He's just some random server. Yeah. Um, they're playing bowling. He tries to win her something on the the crane game. That's a big moment. Or it's, mm-hmm. it's a moment put in there. Do you think it's weird that we call it a crane game and the Japanese call it a UFO game? Sometimes I call it a claw machine. Claw machine? Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, it's just like, but like both claw and crane, you're like, okay, I get it. And then the Japanese are like, it's fucking aliens, man. <laughs> we have no <laughs> idea what the fuck that thing is. I just unidentified. Yeah, it's like we don't we don't know what the fuck that is. Maybe that's just a specific brand in Japan, but no, UFO machine brings up a few. Yeah. Um, so yeah, catchers, there's that sort of yeah. like vignettes of them like going on dates and falling in love or whatever. Yeah, we find out that Jack is going to inherit his father's store because um, they have a little moment where he's like, "Babe, I got thirty more minutes of work," and she's like, "I'll give you twenty five and thirty seconds." And then she like kisses him, and his fucking conservative dad comes in. He's like, "Save that shit for after work." Yeah. Come on, son. Come uh, on, son. Yeah. Uh, then it shows him playing baseball and like yeah, not and doing a very just, good job. Just eating shit. So that <laughs> seems to be sort of his other dream is like he's inheriting the shop as like his backup plan, but he wants to be a a baseball player. Baseball I think. Baseball player. Which why wouldn't you do football? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he wants to be a baseball star. Star. Yeah. Uh, so he wants to be a baseball star. And she, this, I, at first I thought at that part, cause there's like a shot of her like looking on and I'm like, oh, is she going to get with one of the other baseball players? Cause they, he won at baseball, but no, she goes and like comforts him. Like it's supportive. So cool. Supportive. They're at a bleachers and, and they're like, Hey, you think you're going to be satisfied with this or whatever? It's a lot of, you know, like, oh, we got to get out of this town. He's like, I don't know. I'm going to run my dad's sports good shop. And she's like, what about me? I got accepted and we don't know what school it is. I inserted Harvard in my brain. School. Yeah. She, she got accepted to school. Um, he thinks about getting an engagement ring. We see a shot of it in a... Yeah, because they're like in a fight, and then he like looks down at an ad, like a like a classified ad for engagement rings. He's yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> then it shows him working at the shop, and then we get this, I guess it's the moment from the, the night she left, where they're looking up at the stars. She's like, what's that big one? He's like, I don't fucking know. It's like, I'll tell you, Ryan's belt's over there. <laughs> and then she asks him a fucking question. Like, I can't remember what it is now. Do you think there's anything outside of this town? Which would yeah. be a great line for, like, a sci-fi thriller where there isn't. They're, <laughs> they're just trapped in some some small-town reality. But here, it's meant to, to spur him to action, which it doesn't do until 10 years later. When they meet at the... At the at same the diner. Because it's a, a class reunion. That's yeah. why they're there. That, that didn't click to me on the first watch. So, you know, there's layers to this thing. Um, They meet up. Her brother stayed in the small town. He's like, oh, I couldn't convince him to leave to the big city. And she's like, I was a different woman then. I, I wanted to get out of there. And then they they kind of just, like, agree to try. Do they even agree to try again? Or I don't know. She's like, I wish you had come for me. And he's like, like, all the way over there? All the way over there? He's like, too far. How would I get to my sports goods store in the morning? And then they kind of have a moment. And then right. it's ambiguous. And then there's a lot of credits. Right, well, actually, he said, it's not that ambiguous, because he's okay. like, hey, you asked me a question back then that I couldn't answer, and I was like, oh, yeah, about the, the big star, and I was like, no, the, the other question <laughs> about... <laughs> you know what star it is now? He's like, yeah, I googled it. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's the North Star. That's why it's so bright. <laughs> well, actually, it's called the moon. It's like, oh, shit. It's the big uh, one. But 
he's like, you asked me if there was anything else. He's like, he's like, yeah, maybe together. And she's like, oh yeah, together. And uh. then so the, the idea is they get back together. Um, but there is a moment there where the waiter comes up, Jake Owen, and he's all like, uh, you guys know what you want. And he says, no, and she says, yes, which is a flip of what happened at the diner 10 years ago. Yep. And that's, reverse. that's reversed. And yeah, and then we get like two minutes of credits and like some behind the scenes footage. We get a, a letter written to, to John Cougar Mellencamp. Or just John Mellencamp, if you want to be respectful. It says, John, thanks for building the highways we've been riding on and providing the soundtrack to the lives of so many small town kids like me. Jake. Jake. You wrote him a letter? I did, yeah. I was like, hey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you get some bonus footage there. Uh, we saw something about Royals. I wrote That's For You, Royal. <laughs> Why is that? Someone gets stabbed? No, but there's something. Is it on like a theater screen? Uh, let me see. Congrats, Royals on your beers. It's uh, on your run. Yeah, the team. That's the team. Um, okay. And how could I resist referencing on the sidewalk bleeding two Again. weeks in a row? Again. Again. Wow. Uh, you know what that means, folks? It's time for a final verdict. We got sure three is. categories today: the worst version, the best version, and. <sighs> Uh, the most American version. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, fuck it, man. <laughs> Alex, what's the worst version of this worst strong competition this. this week? Um, it is strong competition. I'm going to give it to Picking On. I just really think they dropped the ball in so many ways by just yeah. completely dropping all momentum. It could have been like fine, and they actively just made it terrible. So, yeah. Or at it's... least bad. So, not great. Not great not Picking great. On, guys. Uh, bad job. Um, Better luck next time. I have better luck next time. Um, yeah, I guess I'll give it to them too. Eh, should I just give it to acapella because I don't like acapella? Dude. Nah, I'll give it to pick it on. It was it was stunt. There was like that start stop. It was the one that would like I yeah. most actively wanted to end because it felt like they didn't want to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, picking on worst version. Alex, what's the best version? The best version. Two D. Yeah. Um, because it's the only one that was like decent. <laughs> Yeah, not much competition, but 2D was the best version for 2D, sure. Yeah, no- knocked it out of the park this week by just sticking to something very just, basic. Yeah, being pretty decent. So way to go, 2D. Just just being okay. Two- Other two- weeks he wouldn't he wouldn't make it very far. This week, reigning champion, Alex. What's the most American version? What is the most American version? Um, Escola de Talentos. Yeah, just Naturally. feels American. It's just got you, that all-American quality. High school, maybe. That's a, that's an American invention. So yeah, yeah. schools. Uh, too many people singing a song. Yeah, that's American. Right? That's American. Sure. Right, too, too many people in there. Uh, I mean, I guess in terms of who's closest to <laughs> to the ages of Jack and Diane, the fictional characters, probably a school of the Talentos. Like, I think. I don't have any details, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess, probably. Um, great choice, Alex. I'm going to give it to Jake Owen, because what's more American than making something worse? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, buddy. That's the ticket. That's that it. is the ticket. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. Uh, if you want to share an opinion about these songs this week, congratulate Alex on his great playlist making. <laughs> uh, you can hit us up on the app formerly known as Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Crest. He had some Alex Wise guys, finish comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. 
You can also email those to us at coverreadypod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Podjurama, Podbean, Pocket Casts. We're on all of them, baby. You can find us there. Uh, tell your friends, family, neighbors, loved ones about us. You're the marketing team. What you can do this week to really help get the word out there is make a nine-minute short film uh, that includes segments of an episode of cover me into it really work a story around it uh we can just kind of be in the back like we're just a radio show ultimately so you can just you could do reservoir dogs but instead of like the the 70s radio station that comes on it's just us just recut the scene so he's cutting the ear off and he's dancing to us talking about jake owen or whatever and then send that to people that's what you can do for us this week and that does it to people send it to people in the mail uh, you know, online, however you get the word out, that's how you can do it. Uh, that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, let it rock, let it roll. Let Cover Me come and save my soul. <laughs>